Leafs fam. What is up? This is the Leafs Convo. I am Norman James. I am super excited because we have Brandon Prust here, part of our interview series. Brandon and I look back on that 04-05 Knights team that won the Memorial Cup in the most dominant fashion ever. Just named the CHL's team of the century and for good reason. We'll get into that plus Brandon's NHL career, which was pretty good. He paid the price, but he got paid big time. Almost made the lease. We'll talk about the lease brew playoff series and a lot more brandon prost is ready i am ready are you ready let's go leafs combo starts now we are joined by the legend himself mr brandon prost brandon it's been such a long time that you and i have spoken and such a long time since what, 2005, that epic year, the CHL team of the century, the London Knights winning the Memorial Cup. Where's the time gone, my friend? <laughs> Not really sure. Sometimes it uh, feels like a long time ago, and then sometimes you start thinking about it, and it feels uh, almost like yesterday. What do you remember of, uh, about those days, and since, that, since the Knights were named the CHL team of the century for that incredible season, I mean, what, what images and, and, and what things have been sparked by your memory? Well, I think that, that whole year in general, um, for sure. You know, we, we were started off the year 31 games unbeaten. Um, I know it was during the NHL lockout, so there was a lot of attention drawn on us and, and the CHL. And, uh, you know, just kind of how historic the whole year was. I think, uh, you know, we lost seven games, but uh, I know the last two games of the year were basically uh, – we sat everybody, and uh, so we don't even really count those losses. But uh, and then the you know just went in the OHL, and then and kind of even though we were hosting the Memorial Cup, we we still won the OHL and uh, did the right way. And um, you know I was just I was talking to someone the other day, and they asked me about the Memorial Cup, and I said uh, they said what was the most kind of memorable part of the Memorial Cup, and uh, I said the the first game, the first game of the of the uh, Memorial Cup, we played Ramutski. We were down three nothing after uh, the first period, and uh, we came back and tied it up and, and won in overtime. So that kind of got the ball rolling for us, and uh, I think after that we we knew uh, we were going to take it. This is Norman James along with Brandon Press, the Leafs combo. Thank you very much for all of your support. Make sure if you're listening to us through the YouTube page, please subscribe, or I'm going to get Brandon Press to come to wherever you are and ask you politely to uh, subscribe to the podcast. Brandon and I go way, way back. Uh, how did Sivy become the captain of, of that CHL team of the century? Was it the fact that he was a defenseman of the year at the end of it all? Was it the was he was he showing leadership on the ice, or do you think he was a uh, the teacher's pet. Like, what was it about Sivy that made him a captain? <laughs> uh, well, I was a little bit of everything. Um, you know, Sivy was obviously a great, uh, great player and, and the anchor back on our on our D. And, uh, you know, he was kind of like a, you know, I'd say a father figure in, in the dressing room. You know, he was uh, <laughs> he was more the mature one. And, uh, you know, the one uh, the guys uh, kind of look to maybe for some advice or uh, some guidance. And, uh, yeah, he was a. Uh, he always acted uh, a little older than he always was, so that's kind of why mm-hmm. he was, I think, and, and, and being a kind of a great player and, uh, and a great leader. So, Are you ever surprised by how many people acknowledge that team and, and remember that <laughs> team? Because, look, there have been so many incredible junior hockey teams be- between then and now, and it's sometimes tough to put your finger on which NHL star of today 
represented uh, which particular CHL team at a at a point along the way. It seems to me that if you were a part of that legendary Knights team, that is something that uh, will always be remembered. And, you know, when you're playing in the NHL, you'd score 30 goals. Somebody's going to say he was a part of that legendary 0405 Knights team. Yeah, I, I think uh, that's kind of the impact we had. Uh, a lot of people remember that year. I think also, um, also because of, you know, the great start we had and, and how dominant we were. But, you know, like I said before, the, the NHL lockout was that year. So there was no uh, other hockey. There was not much hockey going on. So kind of the whole, you know, all of Canada anyway, it was, mm-hmm. it was focused on us and seeing how we did. And, you know, I still run into people today, uh, you know, in, in different cities around Canada and uh, they all know about that team. And um, yeah, it was just one of those memorable years. And, um, you know, I know one that uh, most people don't forget. It was kind of a no-brainer to be to be named the team of the century. It's not like you were ex- like this was the ultimate cherry on top. You won your cup in two thousand five, but it wouldn't be until a decade and a half later when you were announced the CHL team of the century that you guys could finally sleep at night. So it's not like it really truly mattered. But could, was it a no-brainer, or could you even imagine them coming out with yeah the uh, eighty-three Pete's team of the century? <laughs> I mean, it was just hard to top what you guys did i mean we uh we always thought that uh we were the best team uh i know a lot of people compared us to some other teams even a, a couple other other london night teams and mm. uh there's been some great ones right so sure uh, but um i know i mean deep down inside we always believed it but we were we were a humble group and uh that's kind of what made us so good too you know we never you know, even though we knew it, we would always respect and uh, everybody else and uh-huh. even everybody that was up for that seed, uh, this team of the century. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we, we knew we we knew we did something special. We know uh, it, it will always be it will always be hard to break what we did. Oh, four, oh, five nights versus the 15, 16 nights. <laughs> well, that's the question we always got asked. And, you know, we would always the 15, 16 nights were an amazing team. And they, you know, I remember watching it all and um, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was amazing um, what they did and and people always asked, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, who would beat who. And obviously we always said, you know, us for sure, but uh, they were a great team. um, But um, I think uh, this, uh, this little award that we got Uh uh, proves, proves who would win. Wow. Is there not a video game? Is there not a video game where you can, you know, put, put one fantasy team versus the next? And let's not forget about the uh, what the <laughs> oh nine uh, ten Windsor Spitfires. I mean, that team was dominant. I went up to Brandon, Manitoba, to cover them. Yeah. Brandon Prust, Manitoba. They should rename it Brandon Prust, <laughs> Manitoba for for some reason. But I went out there, and the the rest of the league was demoralized. The other three teams were just demoralized because the Windsor just kicked the shit out of them. And then even in sixteen, it was a situation where uh, the teams were getting bulldozed by mitch and um and matt and the crew and then it was just it was tough for the rest of the country to put their finger on why london was so darn good i say this with all due respect there's a bit of an inferiority complex around the rest of the country that shouldn't be there but it's still there towards ontario and then it was just such a dominating performance by the knights it was a a pleasure to see and the interesting thing is about that old five team you guys won you went you went undefeated, but it wasn't that that easy because you had this certain player on the Ramuski Oceanic who was just so tough to handle. Sidney Crosby, when you played against him, 
um, in, in those junior games at, at uh, Budweiser Gardens or whatever, the John Labatt Center back then. Did you guys know then that this guy, this guy's going to win hearts, arts, Stanley Cups, the whole deal? Well, that was kind of what also um, made the, that Memorial Cup that more dramatic, um, I, I think, just because Sid, Sidney Crosby was there and he was the next, uh, you know, he was the next Wayne Gretzky. He was the next it. And um, we knew he was the real deal, um, but it wasn't until that first period of that first game uh, where Ramuski went up three nothing, and um, I think Crosby had a, a a chance, like you know, first shift that you know dangled the D man and and rang rang one off the crossbar or something, where we were like, oh geez, and um, I, you know, we after the first period, uh, Dale comes in and and, and kind of assigns a, a checking line. Me, Dylan, and uh, Trevor Kell. Me, uh, I think mm-hmm. yeah, Dylan Hunter, Trevor Kell, and me, and. Um, you know, we, we just were <laughs> had to shadow them basically their next, <laughs> the next uh, five periods. And, uh, you know, we were able to hold them uh, scoreless the next five periods. So, yeah, we, we knew uh, we knew after that first period that he was uh, he was the real deal. I think it was that opening game. Uh, Crosby was pinned in the corner. And I think you were on the ice at the time. He was pinned in the corner and somehow weaseled his way to the ice on his knees, stick handled between someone's leg. And there were three guys on him, and he came out of the, he emerged from the corner with the puck, and, and, and made a pass, and, and Ramuski nearly scored. I mean, you're thinking to yourself, Brandon, like, okay, through this Memorial Cup, I might get a chance to, um, to to earn myself passage to the next level, get to the A, maybe get to the NHL. And you're playing against Sidney Crosby, knowing that if I get to the NHL, I'm going to have to contend with this superstar for, for years to come. You did really well in the NHL, Brandon. And, and you did think that, what, you started out, what, Lucas or Saunders? Weren't you playing high school hockey when it all started for you? Yeah, I was playing. I went to Regina Monday here. In yeah, my, that's it. Our, yeah. Our MC. So, um, yeah, I was playing. I think I, I made the nights when I was uh, I was in my OAC year of uh, high school. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, I was almost, almost 18. Um and maybe I was 18, actually. Yeah. And wow. Uh, yeah. And just kind of went from there. So you're playing in high school, though, and then making the London Knights, you know, a hometown kid, obviously one of those players that the Hunters saw something special. And remember, for as, as much as Mark and Dale wanted to bring in the top stars and have them shine and, and be a, offered London as a platform to help elevate their careers, the Hunters, though, deserve a lot of credit for just helping players who may not have thought they could get to the next level actually get there. Can you just talk about that real quick? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, obviously they do a great job in um, teaching and, um, you know, helping people, helping uh, kids become professionals and and teach them how to be pros. Um, They also like, uh, they also like to have their homegrown talent. Um, You know, every year they always have a couple guys from London and, um, they like having because they know they know those kids uh, care and um, they like giving those kids the opportunity. So um, you know they they, they make um, they make good draft picks. They they're always picking uh, some real talent that might uh, sneak by other, a lot of other teams, and uh, they got a good eye for it. So they're uh, they're some of the smartest uh, hockey guys around. So I was uh, very fortunate to. Uh, you know, get my chance with them. And, and uh, I have a lot to owe to them for, for helping me uh, get to the next level and, and, and knowing how to play uh, professional hockey. 
interesting thing, Brandon, how hockey works and how time has just gone by. Um, between, I think, the last time we spoke, Mark Hunter was hired away from the, the Knights. I mean, he's an owner, but hired away from the Knights by the Leafs. He joined the Leafs, helped uh, create a, a, a great draft plan, bring in a lot of great young players. He was at the podium uh, representing the Leafs, uh, announcing the selection of Mitch Marner, uh, you know, a Knights alum. He's, he's, he did so much to help get that Leafs team on, on a good foundation, on good footing as it goes forward. And now he's already left the Maple Leafs. It's funny how the industry works, eh? Yeah. I, I, you know, there's uh, people, are, people are always coming and going in, in uh, professional hockey and uh, anywhere in hockey uh, and all sports. Uh, players are coming and going, uh, GMs and coaches and, and all types of personnel. So, um, that's the business, and um, you know I'm kind of uh, on a little uh, switch of business myself. So going from a player trying to uh, maybe get into some uh, coach or coaching or player development, and you know guys are always moving around, and you're meeting tons of new people and um, tons of new people, uh, hockey minds and stuff like that. So I mean it's a lot of fun, and it keeps you on your toes. What are your ambitions now specifically? You said maybe player development, uh, coaching. Yeah, I, I think player development is something that I'd, I'd like to get into. And, um, you know, I, I got a little taste of it last year, while, um, you know, working with the Knights. And um, it's something I'd like to take to the next level. Um, I like being here in London and um, I'd like to always uh, continue to, to to stick around with the Knights. And, you know, this is my hometown. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, my heart obviously is here and. Um, but the player development side, you know, going into the uh, NHL level is something that I, I think I'd really enjoy and uh, something that uh, hopefully can uh, can happen in, in the near future. I'm not sure anybody can doubt you, Brandon. I mean, you've you've beaten a lot of odds and then not only did you beat those odds, you beat them down pretty good. I just want to ask a couple of uh, questions via our, some of our uh, Twitter followers just before I let you go. Dom. Uh, ask you, Brandon, having played for a few different NHL teams, does the team's culture play a role in how the guys play? So obviously there's the system that's in place, but, you know, in Montreal, everybody's wearing their heart on their sleeves. Um, You know, in some other places, you know, when you're playing under Lou Lamorello, it's, you know, no personality, nothing, just get out there and uh, X's and O's uh, the the game. Um, So what, what does the, what does the team's culture do to affect the way you guys play? Well, I think, uh, you know, culture comes from uh, some different angles too, right? You have the culture of your coach, uh, your culture of your management, you have the culture of uh, maybe a hockey town, um, you know, as you say, you know, being in Toronto and, and knowing that uh, everyone's watching and everyone, everyone's uh, riding on you to, to go out there and bust your hump and, and win hockey games. And then uh, there's a culture in the dressing room, right? So uh, the leadership within a dressing room that's holding guys uh, accountable, accountable and making sure guys are ready to go, um, you know, every day for practice or every day for games. Um, so yeah, it's a huge thing. And I think that shows, uh, you know, why there's been uh, a lot of the same teams in the finals, uh, you know, and winning championships, you know, the last 10 years because of, uh, a certain culture and, um, you know, certain, uh, leadership that goes in with organizations and, and, and leads to winning. Mm-hmm. So it's a, definitely a big factor. Man, your time in Montreal was unbelievable. And I mean, you left a, a mark there. Also, you, you met your, your, your wife while playing for the uh, Montreal Canadiens. So the, the Habs will always be a part of your hockey heart cage, man. What did the ref say when he followed you Prust, in the penalty box during the playoffs while playing for Montreal? Do you remember that? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. What did he? Uh, what did he well, say? I mean, I, you you can you can you could use expletives, but not nothing too nasty. Yeah, I but then know, again, whatever. It's YouTube. It was, lot, it was a lot of swearing. I mean, I I I said a lot of worse things to him on my way to the penalty box, and then uh, you know he kind of came and uh, kind of continued to egg me <laughs> on uh, in the penalty box, and uh, and uh, ended yeah. up peeing me up, and uh, I definitely wasn't happy about that because I'd said my piece and I went to the penalty box and was sitting there pretty quietly and uh, yeah. he, he's the one that kind of kept at me and I didn't really say anything and he's teed me up. So I was definitely not happy there. And that was quite off. We can, we can use it in our imaginations as to the interaction uh, from your time in the league. This one's from uh, Colin Rideout. from your time in the league. Is there anyone who you wanted to go toe to toe with and never got to, or couldn't? Um, I don't know. You don't go around. Well, Tapping people on the shoulder, right? I mean, you do what you have to do because it's a necessity. It's part of what your gig was. And, you know, at that time, look, you can even argue guys like you today are, are still needed in this game. But it's not like you were looking at somebody else going just for fun. I well, wanted to start I throwing guess, mitts. I, I guess, I guess Marshawn would be probably talking oh. to us, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that that would be a huge pay per view, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, there's always guys, right? Uh, you know, um, that's uh, Roussel. I think in Dallas, I was tried to fight him. He would never go. So, I mean, there's always guys that I wanted to fight uh, um, that got on your nerves, but uh, you know, they're also doing their job, right? So. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, there's uh, there's probably a long list if I really sat down and thought about it. <laughs> uh, last one, well, last one for you. This one's from Beauchamp. Uh, if you were, if it weren't for that ankle injury in Vancouver, do you think you could still be playing today? Second question: Do you ever want to get back into the game in a role of coaching scouting? So you've answered that uh, second question already. Um, if, if you didn't have it, that ankle injury. Um, and then, you know, obviously just the wear and tear from the game you played, the style uh, that you played, the, you know, the role you, you took on while in this league, not for a long time, but for a, an effective time. Do you think you'd still be playing? Um, well, I, you know, it's uh, tough to say. I, you know, the ankle injury uh, hurt me and, and sent me back. Um, and uh, but, uh, you know, I could have uh, I mean, I could have continued to play uh, in the this year, even I could have continued playing the AHL or overseas, but uh, you know I kind of figured my body's uh, been through enough, and um, if I wasn't going to play in the NHL, then uh, you know I I wasn't going to play. So, um, but it's hard to say. You know that that injury definitely set me back and definitely hurt me for the, for that season. And uh, I think teams, because of my age, teams were a little uh, worried about taking a chance on me. So um, it's hard to say though. But, uh, you know, I don't really think about that. It's kind of in the past, and I don't blame it, blame not playing on playing anymore on, uh, you know, any injuries or anything like that. I mean, you had a, a longer career than you probably ever thought you would have going way back. I mean, even when you're playing for the London Knights, there's probably times where you're out there being as effective as hell. Um, such an important key member of a team that would go on to be the greatest ever is, you know, the greatest over the past hundred years in the CHL, but you're playing with guys like Corey Perry and Robbie Shrimp and um, Adam Dennis. And, you know, a lot of these uh, Danny Savret, a lot of these guys that were just larger than like Danny Fritchie. And you're thinking, you know, I'm a role player here. And you probably ran through your, probably ran through your mind at some point that, um, you know, winning a Memorial cup might be the best it gets for me. And lo and behold, that wasn't it. You played 
what, nearly 10 years in the NHL? And, and you were, you made some great memories. You did some amazing things. You went on some great runs. So no regrets, eh? No, definitely not. And, yeah, I, I never really thought, I, I guess I never really thought ahead. I always thought, uh, you know, once I started playing for the Knights, I knew that was my opportunity. And I knew that um, if I played well enough and did the right things, that I, I'd kind of get my chance. And as long as I worked hard. So, you know, I just continued to do that. And I never really thought of an outcome. I knew I wanted to make it to the NHL, but, uh, you know, I think also didn't put a ton of pressure on myself. Uh, you know, just love the game and love to play and always wanted to win. So that's what kind of helped me in the long run. The Boston Leaf series was, was that a series where if you had a Brandon Prust in his prime out there up against a, a Brad Marchand, I mean, do you, do you make a difference? I mean, I know this, you're, you're just, it's, yeah. uh, it's a, a hypothetical, I mean, it's a dream scenario. It's a nightmare scenario. But what what did the Leafs lack in that series against Boston? Because it seemed like they, the Leafs knew what they were going to be getting in this overbearing, uh, this overbearing opponent, and they didn't really they weren't able to do much to stop it. Even though they got seven games, it still seemed like they were on their heels for their whole series. Yeah, well, you know, you like to think uh, for sure that I, I could have made a bit, an impact. I, I, you know, I watched the playoffs. Uh, all the time and you're always watching and, and saying I would have done this differently if I was on that team I would have taken care of this and done that um, who knows if it would have made a difference but I always like to think that uh, you know I was a um, kind of a, a momentum changing type of player um, but for the Leafs uh, it, it's it's hard to say you know they're, they're still they're still young I think they have uh, obviously some work to do still I think they have to get better on the back end um, you know, they're, I think Boston was just a little more of the kind of the, the mature team, maybe. Um, so it's hard to say, obviously I think grit too. Um, you know, like you say, maybe if I had, they had a type of player like myself, but, uh, I mean, who knows? It's a new game. It's, uh, it's changed a lot. So I think the Leafs are, I think they're going to be good. I think, uh, if you go into next year or the year after, I think they, they win that series. Right. So I think, uh, as time goes on, some maturity will, will go on and uh, they'll get better and they'll, they'll start winning the playoff series. And does Vegas win the cup? They are looking good. They got a fast team. I mean, they've, uh, they've blown everybody away. Everybody's in, in shock at, at what they've done. And, um, but I just feel someone asked me before, and I, I just, uh, if Washington doesn't win it this year, like, you know, they don't have much time left mm -hmm. and uh, it's taken this long. Like they have to be hungry. Um, I think if Vegas, even if they lose, uh, it's still a win for them. Uh, how far they've made it. You just got to think Washington has to be the hungry team. And, um, but uh, who knows, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick Washington anyway. I'm going to take Washington. I think oh, I'd like to see Alex Ovechkin win a cup. And I know a lot of the haters don't want to see him win a cup, but they love to, they love to watch him score 50 a season. It's funny how the NHL works, Brandon. A guy like you coming out of high school, you carve out an incredible career. Thomas Placan is doing his thing in Montreal, and he gets a tap on the shoulder. You're going to go play for the Leafs for a, a month and a half. Danny Savret doesn't play very long in the NHL, but one of the games he's called up, he's playing for Philly, and he scores an outdoor game uh, goal against the Bruins at Fenway Park. It's just really funny how the NHL works. Eh? You just you just never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah you never know. But um, uh, like you said, uh, I'd like to see uh, Ovechkin uh, get a cup. I think he's done a lot of good things for hockey and and for the league, and one of the uh, you know uh, one of the best players to ever grace the game. So um, 
I think he's worked hard uh, and he's, he's, he's kind of showed that he's been really hungry this year and um, he's playing some of his best hockey. So I wouldn't mind, uh, see, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing him win. Hey, you know what, Brandon, you're a class act. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Uh, all the best to you and MP and uh, I'm glad you're in London, man. All right. Sounds good, buddy. Man, time flies. Brandon Prust, what a guy. He's just been a class act and a gentleman from the get-go. He has this persona on the ice of a tough guy, a grinder, an agitator, somebody who's laying body checks and fighting and yapping at refs. Off the ice, the complete opposite. And really what Brandon Prust is about, just a really genuine, nice guy, a good guy. He does so much for charity. It's hard for him to say no. He couldn't say no to me when I was bugging him to get him on the radio with me 10 years ago, and he still can't say no to me as I'm pursuing him to come onto this podcast. Lo and behold, I got him here, and we're all better for it. It's amazing to hear different perspectives from people inside of the game outside of the game who are always a part of the game and how they feel about the game because we love it so much brandon prust i salute you thank you very much good luck to you and whatever you're going to do next interesting story from 05 and why the knights are so revered still to this day they were just the best ever and it didn't sit well with some people a bunch of us reporters were waiting in the media room we wanted to get out under the ice after the knights were uh, about to clinch over ramuski back in 05 and you know we were talking about how great the knights were and just how impressed and blown away we were by the experience and what we had seen from that team remember the chl's team of the century and a reporter from out east you've probably seen him on television before pipes up and says the only reason this tournament will ever be remembered ever in defiance to all of us. It'll only be remembered because Sidney Crosby played in it. And remember, the Memorial Cup in 05 had no competition from the NHL because the NHL was in lockout mode. And we're all looking at this guy thinking, like, are you nuts? I should have told him to go F himself. Instead, I asked him, hey, man, what's wrong? Who pissed in your cornflakes? Everybody looks at me, and I had just diffused his madness with my sadness. Terrible comeback, but that was a terrible take on his part. I thought I would share that with you. Brent Lale would remember that. We had a reporter from the Star of the Sun, this national guy, a bunch of people there. I was just in shock that he would mention that. And, you know, to this day, I still think about my awful comeback. I'm never going to live that one down. Anyway, Mike and I are going to be back here in the next 24 hours with a standard Leafs convo. They're never standard. They're always good, but it's the typical stuff, not the interview series. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube page, please. We appreciate it very much. We're hitting milestones every single day, and you're going to help us get there. Also, we're pushing the podcast on iTunes just a little more than we have in the past. We're trying to uh, experiment with something. For Brandon Prust and Mike Agello, who's not here and will be back, I'm Norman James. It's been fun. Talk to you soon. Peace.